I'm sorry already. I'm sorry for everything. My name is Darian. It's time for another week's worth of horror, nonsense, and shenanigans. It's just me this weekend, mates. I apologize. A couple of things going on. Buddy is working late. Miss Monica is also working late. And Northern Nevada is under a severe storm warning. So they probably could have made it if they really wanted to. I'm not going to push them on that because we're supposed to get like nine inches of snow tonight. I don't know if you believe that or not, but it's the truth. Being in Nevada, we do actually get snow here. I don't know if you knew that. We're, we're in the northern side, so we're like right next to the Sierra Nevada mountain range. It snows all the fucking time, man. We're right up here by Tahoe and shit. Uh, yeah, so that's that, man. Uh, just me this week. Apologies in advance. Probably going to be a bit of a short show. I'm going to do it anyway, and a bit of a shit show. <laughs> a short shit show is what it is. It's shitty, but at least it's short. And it's short, but that's okay because it's shitty. So there you go. It's a win-win, really. <laughs> Oh, yuck. A couple of things. Uh, Oh, dude. A friend of mine came by. Some friends of mine came by the other night, and they brought their VR headset with them. It's called the Oculus. Oculus Quest, I think it is. This thing is fucking bananas. Do any of you guys have one of these things? So they got this game on it where you basically just walk off the side of a building. (laughs) That's the whole game right there. You put what, what you do, you get yourself a 2x4, and you put it on the floor, right? That, that adds, like, a level of realism. And then you put the headset on, and you look down at the 2x4, and all of a sudden, it's a plank coming off of a fucking building, and you're supposed to just walk right off it. <laughs> what the hell kind of game is that? I don't know. But uh, some other friends stopped by. It's weirdly off-putting, man. I'll tell you, it's once you put that fucking thing on your face... It's very difficult to remember that you're in your own living room and you're standing on, uh, you know, a quarter of an inch of uh, pressed pressed hardwood and then you're on the carpet. Instead, you you can't get past the idea that you're going to plummet to your doom, which does happen. That's what happens at the end of the game. You just fall and, uh, I don't know, you don't really get points or anything. It's just like a VR experience. But it's it's off-putting, man. It's scary as shit. And, of course, the first couple of times I did it, I walked off the plank, just stood there, midair. What does that mean? Does that mean I have to go fight Agent Smith in the Matrix or something? I didn't fall, I just hovered in the air. It was very, very, even weirder, really. And this is like a variation where giant spiders come after you. It's fucking weird, man. Uh, yeah, my other friend comes over, and he, we, we're like, we're all do, doing shots at this point. So we're like, dude, 
you got to try this VR headset thing. So we slap it on him. And he's like one of the most even keel dudes that I know. He gets on the 2x4 and he's like, I am weirdly off put by this and I don't know why. I know I'm in your damn living room and I can't understand why this is making me so uncomfortable. Yes, he does actually sound like Bill Clinton. You know him. You know who I'm talking about. All right. Enough about me. It's the Oculus Quest. I did some Amazon searching. They go for about 400 bucks, from 4 to 600 depending on how much extras you want with that shit. Definitely worth checking out. Um, like I said, I don't want to piss my pants in front of my own kids, but I feel like that is a good way to do it. That's going to set me on the road to pissing my pants in front of my own kids, which is something I, I think every father should strive not to do. You know, call me father of the year, if, if you will, but I'm going to make a bold statement and say, dads, don't piss your pants in front of your kids. Do it, do it somewhere else. <laughs> All right, now back to the regular uh, scheduled program. That was your public service announcement, uh, by the way, inmates for the week. Monica, uh, buddy, hopefully back next week. If not, I don't really care. I'll just do it myself. Uh, how about some horror news to get us started? horror news here's some horror news for you i'm drinking bud light lime that's gross man yeah you might as well take uh, a whole packet of crushed up smarties and pour them into a shot of vodka that's what this tastes like it's disgusting who drinks this shit all right anyway uh horror news here we go Escape Room 2. Did you guys watch uh, the first Escape Room yet? I dug it. I thought it was a pretty good show. Um, I mean, you know what the premise is already going into it, right? Like one of these Escape Room jammers where everything is for real. Uh, Same thing. I thought it was very well done. Definitely worth looking at. Escape Room 2 has been bumped back another year to January 2022. Um I think I think they're gonna miss the boat if they keep fucking with this thing. The original came out in two thousand late two thousand eighteen, as I recall. And they keep pushing it back farther and farther. Eventually everybody's just gonna forget about it, and then when it does come out, it'll go straight to video or something and nobody'll give a shit, right? Uh we have a Boris Karloff documentary coming at us this Halloween season. Boris Karloff, the man behind the monster. I'm looking forward to this. I was always more of a Lugosi guy myself, but I like Boris Karloff too. Um, His body of work is so prolific as far as horror films go. I'm sure this documentary is going to be at least a solid two hours. Easy, easy two hours. There's something to look forward to. Speaking of uh, documentaries, uh, AMC is bringing Eli Roth's History of Horror back for a third season. I got to get caught up on this one. I don't think I really need to watch it, but I probably should anyway. Um, yeah, man, it's it must be all right. It's on. I think the first two seasons are on Shutter right now. If anybody wants to check those out, something to look forward to. Kevin Hart, we know the name, little guy, funny guy, uh, has joined Kate Blanchett in Eli Roth's Borderlands movie that's coming up. I have no idea what this movie's going to be about. I assume it has nothing to do with the video game. Excuse me. I did mention that I'm drinking Bud Light Lime, right? Yeah, it's gross. It's the burp is even more gross than the actual beer. Uh, I'm I'm now realizing. Um, 
Yeah, Borderlands. Check that out. Eli Roth. Uh, no uh, release date yet or plot details that I've found. I'm excited for it. Um, if Kevin Hart's in it, there's probably going to be some kind of a comedic element, which isn't necessarily Eli Roth's um, strong point, but there have been some chuckles in his movies down the road. Cabin Fever was pretty funny at, at times. <laughs> uh, what else? Hostile? Not so much. Um, other ones? Uh, Green Inferno? Nah, not really. Oh, well, that's something to think about. Netflix has announced a... Are you, are you staying up on the Netflix, man? They got. I've been doing the, the true crime shows over there. Uh, and they got some good stuff going on. I watched The Ripper this week, the week before I watched The Night Stalker. They got a new one coming out, no release date. It's going to be called Crime Scene, The Vanishing of Alyssa Lamb. You guys familiar with this case at all? It's bananas. So if you're not, I'll just give you a snapshot. I want to say back in like 2009... 2008, maybe even 2006. I don't remember the exact date. But there was a young lady staying in Los Angeles, a Canadian tourist by the name of Elisa Lamb. And she vanished completely. And later on, they found her body in the water tank uh, of the hotel she was staying at. It's called the uh, Cecil Hotel. Cecil. Uh, they since changed the name because of all the bad publicity. But uh, I'm into it. I want to see... Uh, I want to see... They, dude, there's like some weird... Uh, surveillance camera footage of her like on the night that she disappeared it's bizarre have you guys seen this check it out go to youtube just type in elisa lamb security cam footage it's like her at at the hotel at the cecil hotel like hiding in an elevator and it looks like she's hiding from somebody like somebody's chasing her but then she jumps out of the elevator and starts dancing in the hallway and then jumps back in the elevator and then i don't know I don't know what that... It's weird, dude. Check it out. I want to. I would like to hear your opinions on the Elisa Lamb situation. And I'm definitely going to check out this Netflix docuseries because it's fascinating to me. Incidentally, Cecil Hotel, also where the Night Stalker stayed off and on. So there's that for you. And loosely, well, sort of, loosely the basis of American Horror Story Hotel, the Cortez. Remember that shit? I loved it. All right, anyway, that's it on the horror news. It's time to break it down to some listener mail, you savages. You ready for this? I don't think anybody wrote in this week, so it's going to be even more shorter than usual. Listener mail. It's not so much that it tastes uh, bad, the Bud Light Lime, but beer is naturally bitter, right? Even when it's not bitter, it's still a little bitter. You put lime in there, and then that like multiplies the bitterness. And I think that's the downfall of Bud Light Lime for me. It's uh, like I would, I, in hindsight, I'm not a, I'm not a big beer fan. But if I had to drink a beer, I'd prefer that it tastes like a beer. Not like an Alka-Seltzer, which is kind of what this tastes like. Ugh. How much alcohol is in this? Is there more alcohol in this than the regular beer? I can't tell. The fucking can is too sparkly. All right, who gives a shit? Listener mail. Uh, here we go. Buckaroonies. Let's start it off right here in Reno, Nevada with our main man, the cowboy. No subject line. Whoa, look out. Evening padded room. Hope everyone is doing well and made it in safely tonight. Bit on last week's The Shore. Uh, 
awesome looking game and probably the next game I buy. I don't think it's out yet, uh, Cowboy, but I'm, I'm definitely putting that on the old hit list. Uh, Willy's Wonderland looks like a fun movie and I do enjoy some crazy Nick Cage. Immersion Therapy, look away. I watched this a while ago and mentioned it. Always enjoy creepy mirror action in movies. I like the movie much better than Fingers. <laughs> All right. Pterodome is back. Fuck yeah. I'm going to have to take Dracula as my horse, centuries-old tactician and warrior. Plus, he has too many, tru- and too many trucks and talents. Tricks, I think he meant. Even just his compulsion skills would beat out most of what he was up against. Educate Darian, you are a dark song from 2016. Fuck, he got me. I knew that was going to be too easy, son of a bitch. You're right. You're right, cowboy. How dare you. Color Out of Space, awesome movie, and I love me some Lovecraftian horror. Mandy enjoyed it, but I agree with everyone's comments. That would probably be better if you were high. Yeah, I like it. Uh, I liked it there, cowboy. It's just a very tired plot. It's a typical... If you break it down and look just like at the plot itself, all it is is another revenge movie. And we've seen thousands of them. Millions, probably. This one's very stylistic, but you have to ask yourself, is it style over substance? And that may not necessarily be a bad thing, but really, at the end of the day, it's just uh, Nicolas Cage making a weird heavy metal weapon and uh, screaming about his shirt. Uh, Deathgasm. Fun movie as always. I put it on par with Knights of Badassdom. <laughs> Knights of Badassdom. I remember that. Not horror, but great fun movie if you haven't seen it. Peter Dinklage at his finest, I think, playing a LARPer. <laughs> Extracurricular activities. Thought it was fun and liked how the kills were planned to look like accidents. Extracurricular, another high school-based killing movie. Not bad and something to watch if you're bored. <laughs> Darkness Reigns. Okay, movie, I enjoy when the paranormal teams do the dumbest thing and purposefully film in a haunted place, then are shocked when crazy shit happens. Just another case of when white people do stupid shit. Ha-ha. <laughs> uh, that sounds familiar. I mean, I know there's a, those paranormal investigator teams are a dime a dozen, But that title sounds a little familiar. I'm going to look that up on IMDb during the break. I think I may have seen that. Or at least started it at some point. Or possibly fell asleep in the middle of it. Uh, Host. Love this movie and the atmosphere even though I expected every scare. Let Us Pray. I thought a fantastic movie and premise reminded me of The Traveler and Last Shift but with better reason. That's a great fucking show. Let Us Pray. Uh, I was under the... uh, The... uh, um, impression that it was going to take place at a salad bar it actually does not and i'm going to continue to make that joke until somebody fucking laughs at it you goddamn animals uh lizzie interesting thriller and i like to take on lizzie borden worth a watch even though Kristen stewart is in it upside you don't get you do get to see her tits downside you have to watch her acting i'm not mad at Kristen stewart and i will sit through some boring stuff to see her naked i really liked her in uh underwater And uh, I made it through one of the Twilight movies. I'll be honest with you. I was tricked into watching it. So it's not like I watched it on purpose or any other reason. Um, What else was she in? Wasn't she in... uh, uh, Oh, uh, what the fuck? Was that The Messengers, I think? With her in it? She was like 14. That was pretty good. It was all right, I guess. 
looking forward to planning a horror box game night with you all. Hope everyone has a great week and drive safely with the weather we are co- we have coming in this week. Catch you on the flip, cowboy. Thanks for writing in, cowboy. Uh, let's see what else we got here. All right, let's. Uh, looks like we got some voicemails coming in here. Let's start things off with our main man. Ooh, it's the ambassador of the paranormal here in the Padded Room Podcast. Let's start it off with Troy. Hey, hey. long time no here. What's and up, anyway, Troy? I'm alive. You are alive. Destroyed Salt City. Of course. Anyway, I'm just calling to say hello and. Uh, I'll tell you a story, uh-huh. but uh, first I want to talk about uh, um, what's it called? the Terror Dome. The Terror Dome. Uh, I'll probably want to pick Dracula. Oh, shit. I'll go with that. That's two for Dracula. Anyway, about your previous Terror Domes with the Kaiju, I was kind of like, uh, I don't know. It seems like this is all over. Yeah. But uh, <clears throat> kind of like a Tom Brady fixing on that one, but uh, <laughs> anyway, uh uh, I kind of came across his story. Yeah. He kind of like uh, treated me quite a bit and kind of made me feel kind of creepy about it. I'm into it. Um, it's a doppelganger or Ooh. maybe a twin ghost. Okay. Um, there was a woman that was in France, I believe. Her name was Emily Sage. Uh-huh. And she was a teacher. And she had previous jobs, losing, you know, jobs, and they don't know why. You know, and stuff like that. People would see she'd become weak and tired, and, and there'd be some other twin of her which appear and mimic her her chalkboard lessons. Huh. And uh, so they were always like, we have to let you go, but we'll give you a recommendation. So finally she gets this big job at a school for girls. Um, they all see this apparition mimicking her movements and everything and so they came to uh, another strange conclusion of like she was outside picking flowers as the teacher uh-huh. while the apparition was sitting there um, listening in on a sewing lesson and the girl came up and touched it and it felt like cobwebs and fabric oh. and it vanished ah. um, weird story you know. So anyway, doppelganger, has anybody uh, noticed your twin or said, you look familiar or I've seen you somewhere before? I've had it several times and seen other people that look like people I know. Huh. So anyway, that's about it. Um, hang in there. Talk to you later. Beautiful. Thanks for calling in, Troy. That is fucking freaky, man. And I'll tell you what, the scariest part about any ghost story is the realization, in my humble opinion, is the realization that what you're looking at is, in fact, a ghost. You know what I mean? Or not or not even a ghost. Some kind of a thing from another dimension. Or I think, actually, a ghost is worse because now you know you're dealing with somebody that is, that is dead, and that's freaky enough. But... Like, uh, I don't know if you guys have ever read Joe Hill's novel, uh, Heart, Sh- or, yeah, Heart Shaped Box. There's a scene in that novel, oh, because I'll give you a quick snapshot. This rock star orders a uh, ghost off the internet. And, yeah, I know that sounds weird, but it makes sense when you read it. Uh, anyway, there's a part in that book where he comes around the, like, a hallway in his house, 
and he sees the ghost sitting in a chair. And he knows it's the fucking ghost because that's it's like an old guy and he plainly looks dead and his eyes are closed and he's just sitting there, not like screaming or yelling or anything. He's just sitting there with his eyes closed. That's a fucking ghost, dude. And that's right there. Now, a, a lot of us would, oh, you know, I'm going to sit down with him and ask him some questions and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to try to connect with the ghost. Fuck you, man. That is a fucking ghost in your house. And it's now, it has now presented itself to you, my friend. That would be, like, if this house was haunted, the scariest element of that would be uh, coming around the corner and seeing somebody that, A, doesn't belong there, and B, that I know to be dead. That is terrifying to me. And especially if they're doing that blank stare right at me. Oh, fuck off. No, I'm leaving. I'm leaving. Goodbye. This is your house now. (laughs) I will be in the backyard until it's time for me to get ready for work. Uh, Let's see. We got to do a quick time stamp here, guys, because we have two people wanting Dracula. Let me see. It looks like uh, Troy called Monday at 6.42 p.m., and Cowboy's email came in on um, came in today at two fifteen p.m. But he did text me earlier in the week. Let me just check that out real quick and get a double timestamp on Cowboy who texted me um, on Wednesday. So it looks like Troy has Dracula, Cowboy. Uh, sorry about that, my man. Uh, Troy got it first. So Troy is in with Dracula. Cowboy, feel free to pick another fighter. Uh, the rest of the, the board is wide open, as far as I know. Uh, we do have another voicemail here to get to, though. Let's get down to beautiful Southern Salad, Southern Salad, California. Here comes our main man, Mr. Tom Hardy. hey yo. hey yo. Padded room. How's my favorite degenerates this week? Well, I'm here. I'm good. Hope everyone's doing well, and uh, I'm drinking. Hope everyone's wine. health is uh, improving. You know, it's I feel uh, great. 2021, man, shaping up to be a real shitter, huh? <laughs> anyway, uh, I wanted to get in real quick with you. Um, don't got much, but uh, okay. I got a question. You know, how many mics do you guys use when when you're recording? And I mean, the reason I'm asking is I know that uh, it was like Darian and Buddy last week. Yeah. And then uh, you had, was that, did I recognize, was that Ewan McGregor that was there doing the uh, I think, yeah, dialogue I <laughs> for the McDoodles or whatever the heck those dudes I were? Did. Yeah, I brought him in. And then I know, I know the guy's voice. I think it was Antonio Banderas. He that was, was here too. Or the Latin lover <laughs> that uh, you guys had. He was, um, I had them all yeah, in here. In very impressive. Uh, great guest there, Darian. I don't know how you keep doing it. <laughs> Thank you uh, very much, You sir. know what? Oh, on the uh, educating department, Yeah, I don't know who you are. Okay. I, I spent a little bit, and I, I don't know what the hell's going on. All right. Um, oh, song. also, I was able to catch some flips. I, uh, yeah, what do you got? For some reason, I decided I was going to watch the fourth screen flip, which I, I remember thinking, <sighs> well, yeah, it was all right, whatever, you know. Uh... And then, I don't know why, I just kept go. I ended up watching actually all the screens, okay. but in reverse order for... Sure. I don't know why. I mean, I, I can't, I got no logic on that. But, um... What do you think? It kind of got me thinking. I, I assume everyone, you know, um, everyone's seen the screen flicks we and have. all, uh... Oh, I should say, uh, pound sign, uh, spoilers coming up. Okay. But, here's the thing, okay, so... 
you remember in the third flick where the killer is Sydney's brother, correct, or half brother, or whatever, and okay, that's whatever. You know, that one's kind of silly, but he also he states in that movie that he went and he basically told Billy and Stu, uh, or he told Billy, I guess, um, you know, about uh, his mother's affair and all this, right? And that uh, he showed him his home movie and that he basically got. Billy to go crazy and Instigate. to kind of start the whole, right. you know, attack in Sydney and killing the friends and all that shit. Uh-huh. Here's the thing I was thinking, though, or the real question I had. Okay. Uh, have you have you seen Scream, the original Scream, since the third one? And if so, how do you watch it? And what, what I mean is, uh, do you watch that? Watch watch the the original one with that in mind um that oh these guys have kind of been set up by i think the guy's name is roman, roman in the yeah. third one uh-huh. do you watch the original scream with that in- uh gp sorry about that mr hardy um that's like a deep dive that i have never done on the scream movies now i don't uh, I'm not. I'm not a. I'm not a scream guy. All right. I, I get it. I saw what they did there. First one was clever and it was all right. Second one, eh, all right. Third one, okay. <laughs> and then the fourth one was not very good at all, in my humble opinion. Now, um, I don't think the first one was good enough to save the rest of the franchise. And I don't know. Maybe there is some value that I missed there in the rewatchability. Maybe the campiness factor is uh, more. Maybe I just expected too much after the first one. But I've seen them all. Uh, I didn't do any kind of a marathon or reverse marathon the way you did. And I definitely uh, didn't. I'm, I'm not. Go- I don't pl- have no intention of rewatching the first one anytime soon. Although, I, there's something I'm doing in, uh, what are you looking at that is worth mentioning? It may take me back to the Scream franchise, actually. But if I were to watch the first one today, um, I don't think I would catch any nuances about the third one, if that makes sense. Whereas, like, if you look at the Saw movies, and it, even if you don't watch them all in rapid succession, you know how they later on interweave and intertwine and Carrie Elwes character and then he comes back and then this guy but then it's not really the jigsaw you know how that's going to play out and the, I think the rewatchability uh factor on the Saw movies is much greater despite the fact that there's not what nine of them nine of them by the time Chris Chris uh, Rock is done uh he called back let's see what else he has to say Gene motherfucking peed hell Gene yeah hell yeah <laughs> you know I, I really that wouldn't happen to me if I uh got my thoughts in order oh, before calling you. Maybe that's something I should work on. Nah. You know, New Year's resolution or what have you. It. But really what I was getting at is like, you know, kind of knowing that because it's not, Scream isn't like Halloween or Texas Chainsaw where, you know, there's like, you know, different iterations of it or right. this took place during this, but not, you know, this isn't canon or whatever. They're all right. canon, right? Yeah. So yeah. when you watch the flicks, do you... Because I noticed myself, like, because I, I guess probably because I watched them backwards for whatever reason, that I was thinking about that, and I'd seen the Scream, the original one, a number of times since seeing the third one. Right. But I never, I never thought about it because you know I never, I never thought about it or put it 
I never really cared about it. I yeah. guess I just because I don't like that part of the third one that I just said I'm like I get that, yeah. Forget that whole thing. But what are your thoughts on that? Um anyway, I know it's uh getting cold up there in Reiner. Sure is. So uh, I just want you to know you're not <laughs> suffering alone. Okay. Uh, down here the other night it got down to almost 40 degrees holy shit i man. almost oh, had no. to put pants on it was, oh it was no bad. I, you had know. to put pants on anyway hope all is well love you like family <laughs> love you too tom hardy thank you very much for calling in my friend uh you know what maybe I'll, I'll i'll revisit that so basically i'll just give you a quick snapshot i'm slowly educating my son deacon on various horror film franchises i started with friday the 13th uh, a couple weeks ago, I started another one with him this week. I'll get into that in a second. Uh, so I think uh, at some point we're gonna have to we're gonna have to dip our feet into the Scream franchise, and it's weird, like watching those now. We we can watch those with relatively, uh, f- I guess not fresh eyeballs, but uh, fresh perspective, I guess, because most of us were about the t- the same age as the protagonists in the nineties. So a lot of the references are going to make sense to us, you know, uh, kids not having cell phones, for example, uh, various things like not not checking social media and things like that. Later on in the franchise, that stuff catches up and it becomes pertinent to the story. So I guess to that extent, and that again speaks, I know we I talked about this last week, but that speaks to Wes Craven's famed high school formula and how that whole environment takes, you know, almost becomes a character in the story in a weird way. Um, but that being said, I'm not a Scream super fan. I've, I thought the first one was clever at best. Um, other than, after that, it just like, okay, you're trying to repeat the formula. Uh, I thought, I, hey, I'm going to make an honest confession. I always thought, I know what you did last summer was better than Scream. Who wants to fight me, huh? You want to fight? You want to fight me? Come on. You know I'm right. You know I'm right. Don't even lie to me. You, know, you you may not admit it, but you still know I'm right. That's a better movie. Uh, I'm not going to say it's a better fr- <laughs> Uh Overall, I think like for fran- franchise versus franchise, I think Scream might have it. It's because that middle one with Brandy was terrible. All right, anyway, that's all we got on the horror news. Uh, Cowboy, get me another pick because Troy scooped you on Dracula. Sorry about that. Thank you guys for writing in. Mental Health Hotline, area code 775-387-0275. Email is thepaddedroom2011 at hotmail.com. Hit me with uh, whatever you want to talk about. Horror movies, relationship advice, medical uh, situations. I I can't really give you like a real opinion about your, your hemorrhoids, but I will make fun of you, and that might make you feel a little bit better. So there's that. In the meantime, speaking of hemorrhoids, <laughs> I got a fucking movie to talk about. It's a real pain in the ass. Here we go. It's a beautiful day here in Glenville, Colorado. That is, unless you're trying to leave, because you ain't going nowhere. They keep saying this is just an exercise. Now, Uncle Sam wouldn't be trying to lie to us, would he? Couple your orders and keep the town. Excuse me, your town. Here we go. What'd you find? I don't know. You want to check it out? Found a cool little spot. You want this to be special? The first time being called out, kind of wish it was something a little more exciting. Be careful what you wish for. Your dad's left a dozen messages. They're at the hospital. Half the town's sick. We're overwhelmed. What the hell happened here? We're blocking all phone lines until we get control of the situation. <laughs> the wounds look like white 
What? Now, we really need a doctor. They're the only ones left alive. Where the hell are you going? In the world of the living dead. What the hell is happening to these people? Nowhere to run. Day of the Dead from 2008, directed by Steve Miner, written by Jeff Reddick. Got 4.5 stars on IMDb, stars Mina Savari, Nick Cannon, yeah, that guy, and Ving Rhames. It's got an R rating. Uh, So, I don't know, I, I (laughs) I don't know what we're doing here, guys. I really don't. Clearly, this is not supposed to be a remake of the original Day of the Dead, right? It has nothing to do with the original Day of the Dead at all. There is zero. There is, like, the military presence, and that's about the only similarity it has at at all. So, my question then is, why call this movie Day of the Dead? If you you remove the, the original Day of the Dead... From the equation, which is a really good movie, by the way, and you know the zombies were magnificent in that one, and they were zombies, which is something I don't know that we can say about these zombies. But why bring that movie? Why are you just looking for name recognition? Because all you're doing is setting your audience up for disappointment. You know what I mean? Now I, I have a theory as to how this happened, if I may, or if I could. <laughs> Uh, this, this movie came out in 2008, alright, so it probably started production mid-2004, which would be right after Zack Snyder's kick-ass Dawn of the Dead remake, which had many similarities to the original Dawn of the Dead, and, you know, it ratcheted up, the, it was a horror movie, whereas the original was more of a, a geopolitical drama with zombies in it, I guess, I don't know, whatever you want to call it, but, uh, this one has zero to do with that. I feel like this was some kind of a cash grab, and I felt like they were, um, like they had, like they were sitting on a script for this ridiculous zombie movie, and then they saw what a success Dawn of the Dead was. So they said, "Hey, give me that fucking script. We're going to call it Day of the Dead. Get it in production as fast as you can." And then that's what happened. And somehow Steve Miner got attached to it. Which really sucks because he actually does good work. He brought us a lot of the Friday the 13th movies uh, and this piece of shit. <laughs> all right. All right. You want to hear how much it doesn't resemble the original Day of the Dead? I'll tell you. I'll tell you exactly. It starts off with a couple of kids. Huh? A couple of, bunch of kids making out is, is how that starts. You know, I remember the, uh, what uh, Dr. Frankenstein, did he make out with anybody? Did anybody make out with anybody in the original Day of the Dead? No. Well, there was some implications about the... The uh, Laura and the the weird gay guy, but that's neither here nor that, there. 
But we're going to start off with some kids making out in a uh, series of abandoned buildings. Oh, yay. Teen drama. Teen drama. That's what we wanted. Uh, they start to, to making out. Things get heavy. All of a sudden, uh, one, of the, one of the boys, one, two couples. One of the guys, a kid by the name of Kyle, gets a nosebleed all of a sudden. And they're like, oh, okay, we got to get out of here. So they hop in the Jeep and take off. Uh, Kyle has now struck out with the young lady that he was about to score with because he bled all over her, as one should. Uh, she's like, hey, I can't. No, dude, you're bleeding on me. We're not doing this. And he's like, oh, I'll give you money. Don't say that. <laughs> Don't say that to a young lady ever. Never do, unless unless she actually is in business in which case, you, she needs to, to get... Well, that's a whole other thing. There's a legality to it. But uh, that's what happened. She's like, get, get money? You want to bring money? No, now I'm walking home, fucker. So she takes off walking on her own through this, this like, wooded area. Now, we're in a town of, I think it was called Redland, Cal- Colorado. So it's like a small town, I believe. And we have this weird tract of abandoned buildings on the outskirts, and the rest of it is surrounded by a forest. So the the makeout spot was these abandoned buildings. Uh, okay, I get that. Uh, the They take off. The three kids get, hop in the Jeep and go. The one girl is like, fuck you, I'm not a prostitute, starts walking through the woods. Now, uh, from there, we are going to cut to a busy highway somewhere, which has been completely shut down by the military. Because they are now in quarantine. The entire town of Redland is in quarantine. And the, the military official heading this up is uh, Captain Ving Rames. See, and that's another thing, man. You, you brought Ving Rames back. So you could tie this in to uh, Dawn of the Dead. You remember, uh, the officer in Dawn of the Dead made allusions to his brother being at Fort Pastor, which is actually somewhere outside of Milwaukee. But, you know, maybe this is a prequel or something. We could have made that make sense in some way. We chose not to instead. We chose to continue with this, this horse shit. Uh, so that's what, what's happening. They're locking it down. We've got a big uh, traffic jam. Everybody's trying to get out because all of a sudden the entire town is sick. Now, nobody seemed to want to clue these kids in on what the deal was. Because that's why they were in the abandoned buildings making out. It's because they didn't give a shit or whatever. All right, that's fine. Uh, from there, we're going to meet Corporal Mina Savari, who is in charge, or one of the people in charge of one of the barricades, and uh, she is brought in to help uh, calm down some of the local residents, and the reason why is because she is actually from there. Excellent. So, we got a, a couple, some, uh, uh, you know, yuppie couple, and they're raising hell with Captain Ving Rames. Hey, my daughter is sick, you motherfucker! I gotta get her to the hospital! And Ving Rhames being very professional, he's like, sir, we have doctors en route, we're going to get your your kid looked at, fuck you, Bleh. and then here comes Mina Savari to calm everybody down, she's like, oh, Mr. and Mrs. Jones, what are you doing, oh, you got to calm down, we're doing the best we can, okay, we'll be right with you, um, from there, she gets assigned a couple of other, uh, I guess these are soldiers, right, it's probably, probably in the army, uh, Private Salazar, played by Nick Cannon, who is a human piece of shit. Uh, and then we have another guy, and then another like skinny white kid named Butt. Now, 
I don't mind the. I'm ex-military. I don't know if you guys knew that about me, but I don't mind uh, when the military is kind of demonized in these movies. I'm used to it. It happens. It's a very easy villain to make. You know, we can blame all kinds of shit on the military. It's fine. I get that. What I don't like is when they're portrayed inaccurately. And here comes a glaring inaccuracy right here. So Private Salazar reports to his senior in command, Corporal Mina Savari. And he's like, mm, yeah, girl, I heard you was hitting that with so-and-so back in... Okay. <laughs> now, again, I am an ex-Marine, former United States Marine. And I can tell you that you do not speak to a superior that way in the Marine Corps. Uh, if you do, you will be made an example of. And you will not enjoy that. In fact, your whole squad is probably going to be made an example of, and then they will then take it upon themselves to make an example of you, if you understand what I'm saying, and I bet you do. But, for the purposes of this film, we have to sign off on this blatant sexual harassment by, by a, um, what would you call that? Subordinate. Subordinate is the word I'm looking for. I'm going to have to edit that out, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, so there's that. Uh, regardless, she puts him on uh, uh, like standing one of the barricades while her and the skinny white guy take off because the skinny white guy is the driver. So they go to her house because she's from this town to check on her mom uh, just to find in time to find out that the kid that was making out in the abandoned building was actually her little brother and he's now uh, half naked on the couch with his girlfriend. She walks in, cock blocking him. Hiya! Big cock block. And then uh, gives them a bunch of shit for not checking on their mom because she's upstairs and she's very sick. All right, makes sense. She's like, yeah, it's just a fever. Fine this morning, I don't know. Uh, She's like, okay, you fucking asshole. I'm going to take her to the hospital. So she, uh, Corporal Mina Savari, uh, the skinny white driver, and mom hop in the Hummer and head down to the hospital, which is now being overrun with all these uh, sick people, of course. So they try to get, like, right a line privilege, and they don't. So they're like, just write your name down. We'll get you as soon as we can. Okay, great. Uh, pretty soon. And this, this is another dumb thing that they did here. So when we decide to take this into zombie land, we're going to do it simultaneously. And instantaneously, which makes even less sense. So all of a sudden, every single person in the town, at the exact same time, mind you, uh, every single sick person in the, the town at the exact same time turns into a zombie. And by that, I don't mean, you know, they keel over and die, and then they wait, and then they get back up. No. They go from, hey, I'm okay, I just you know need to sit down for a minute, to flesh falling off, and now they're chasing people around in the streets. And yes, these are fast zombies. And not only are they fast zombie- zombies... But they're fucking ridiculous zombies. They're like climbing walls and they're like Spider-Man zombies and shit. Which doesn't make any fucking sense. And I know I'm talking about living dead guys. But still, you know, there's a certain protocol that should be followed when it comes to zombies, right? I'm okay with fast zombies. Let's not make them goddamn superheroes though, right? That's silly. Alright. So, boom. Chaos erupts. Uh, Everybody gets killed. Um... In the, in the process of this, we, uh, we kind of get one of the doctors off to the side, Dr. Logan. Uh, Bud, who has introduced himself to Mina Savari, her name is Sarah, by the way, and Corporal Z- Salazar and Dr. Logan all kind of barricade themselves into a storeroom. 
while all the zombies are tearing the shit out of everything else. Across the street, or I don't know, maybe a couple blocks down, we have a DJ who is broadcasting during this whole shit. Big fat fucking guy. Various chins on this dude. Just like a stack of chins coming off of him. This guy was... Obviously, there's no way this guy's going to live through the whole movie. Um, But... uh, He's like broadcasting. He's like, oh, Jesus, the whole, the whole town's going to shit. Uh, he, him and his little army escort decide to step outside. The army escort immediately gets jumped by zombies while the big fat DJ runs back inside the radio station and barricades the door. Okay, great. Made it. I was rooting for the DJ the whole time. Uh, from there, we get, uh, okay, everybody's freaking out. We need to find a way out of this hospital. Um, Captain Ving Rames tries to get in, but gets killed by the zombies. Gets his legs ripped off. Uh, so, at that point, the the four survivors, Bud, Sarah, Salazar, and Logan, decide they're going to go up into the air ducts. The air conditioning ducts. And that's how they're going to they're gonna make their big escape. Okay. So, that's what they do. Before they do, though, they make like a bunch of crude weapons, like... Uh, Salazar takes like a bone saw and like duct tapes it to a, uh, uh, I don't know, one of those IV poles or something. And they make a bunch of Molotov cocktails out of rubbing alcohol. Very cool. Makes a lot of sense. They can see the Hummer just outside in the parking lot. So if they can get outside, they can probably get in the Hummer and make the big escape. Uh, So as they're crawling through the air conditioning ducts, though, uh, Zombie Ving Rames sees uh, Bud up there, and he climbs up using his own intestines and chases him through the uh, the air conditioning ducts. They get into the next room. They have to get out now because now there's a zombie up there with him. So they get into the next room, drop down. Bud gets one of his, his hands bit by Zombie Ving Rames. So he's now infected. Salazar, Nick Cannon really, really wanted to be an action star. Problem is, he weighs about 62 pounds, soaking wet with boots on. Thus, he's not really all that intimidating. But he does a lot of gun pointing and, I told y'all bitches, and stuff like that. And it, it just, first of all, he cannot act his way out of a paper bag. He really has one role, and that's Nick Cannon. And he's just playing Nick Cannon because that's all he can do. Regardless, we get a lot of that shit. Uh, Nick Cannon wants to kill uh, Bud because he knows he's been bit. He does have kind of a point there. But uh, Mina Savari's like, no, no, you can't kill him. And then the doctor's like, oh, yeah, you pro- we probably should, actually. They make it out of the hospital into the parking lot, and they have to start throwing these Molotov cocktails. Now, here's a funny thing about these zombies. They are all made out of dry kindling. So if they touch fire at all or even get too close to one, they'll just they'll just basically evaporate. So I don't see what everybody's all worked up about. All you really need is like a medieval torch. And you could you could probably take them all out. You get them in a narrow hallway or something. Just whoosh, 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 whoosh. They're nothing but a- It looks like after Blade kills a vampire. That's what these these uh, zombies do. You know what I mean? So that's pretty dumb. That's, that's pretty dumb, man. That doesn't make any fucking sense. None of this makes any fucking sense. Uh, they get into the car and now they're, they're taking off. Screaming, hauling ass out of town. Uh, they get almost out of town when uh, her little brother gets on the microphone at the radio station. Him and his girlfriend, by the way, were also at the hospital. They got separated and had to go to the radio station, where luckily the fat DJ managed to let them in. 
but they get reunited with that prick couple, the yuppie couple from the roadblock. Now, up there we have a very tense The Thing kind of a situation because we found a bunch of bloody napkins in the wastebasket. All right, nobody's fessing up to the nosebleed, but clearly somebody in the room is infected. Uh, We know it's not little brother. We know it's not his girlfriend because the camera's been on them since they've been there. That leaves the DJ, the big fat fuck, and the prick couple. Now, the wife of the prick couple is looking a little pale. And I'm pretty sure she's she's our girl, and she's coughing, and, oh, it's just my allergies, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, bullshit, sweetie. Um, it's It comes down to, like, a pretty intense standoff. But just before uh, Mina Savari gets out of town, little brother hops on the mic, and he's like, hey, we're trapped in the, in the radio station, we need help. I think one of us is infected, but I don't know who, and there's zombies everywhere. We've got to get us out of here. So, Mina Savari hears that on the radio. Incidentally, military Humvees do not have civilian radio equipment, so there's that. Uh, Slams on the brake, does like a weird J-turn, and goes hauling ass back to the uh, radio station. Uh, Has to run over her own mom, who's now a zombie, and walking towards the radio station. Uh, She gets out, she's like, hey, come on, let's get, get, get in the Humvee. And he's like, wait a minute, we got other survivors. They go running upstairs to tell the other two... Of the three, uh, Fat DJ is already dead. So there's that. And so is Prick Husband. Who does that leave? The hot wife. So she's now zombified. She comes up and she's got flinging blood everywhere and running all around. <coughs> Excuse me. Have to kill her. So the girlfriend and the little brother make it to the Humvee. Now, who does that leave us with? We have Bud, who's been bit, by the way. Nick Cannon, who's a piece of shit. Um, yeah, I... I He's made some very uh, racist comments of late. (laughs) I'll let you do the Googling if you don't believe me, but Nick Cannon does not like anybody at all. (laughs) And he's made some very... um, Yeah, you can can look that up if you don't believe me. Anyway, um, Nick Cannon and uh, who else? Bud, the half-zombie, Mina Savari, little brother, and his somewhat attractive girlfriend. So into the Humvee they go. Like, hey, we got to get the fuck out of here. Okay, yeah, we really do. Hey, there's a gun store up here. Let's go in there and get some guns. So they go to a gun store. They break in. They get a bunch of guns and stuff. They get back in the Humvee. Uh, they go taken off. And then they their original plan was to get back to the uh, blockade where the military was, thinking that if any place is still safe, that would be it. So they get there, and they hop out, and they're like, okay, what's up? All the military is now zombies. And these big, ridiculous, flying, jumping uh throwing car zombies too it's stupid they're like oh shit so big gunfight bang 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 uh by the once they get back in the car though bud has become a complete zombie he's now like luckily they had the wherewithal to uh zip tie him to the humvee so he couldn't hurt him with when they got back in but he's like "Ah, and they're like oh shit so but if they uh like talk to him and I think this was somebody's attempt to uh, at least half-ass nod to Bub from the original Day of the Dead. He he could like he knew he was military, so he like if you said a he would like snap to attention. So Mina Savari's like, well, I like him. He follows orders. And Nick Cannon's like, well, he's still a zombie. He's going to eat somebody. And they're like, well, we're just going to take him anyway. So now Zombie Bud. 
little brother, hot girlfriend, Mina Savari. And I will say this about Mina Savari in this movie. I thought she was kind of hot. I know I'm not a Mina Savari guy, and I've gone on record as stating that, but in this movie, she had, like, the bangs, and she was in uniform. Really, my main problem with Mina Savari is her wildly uh, misshapen forehead. I don't know if anybody else has noticed that, but she has, like, a convex forehead, and I find that a little off-putting. When she's got the bangs going, though, you can't see it. She's actually kind of hot. Um... They all hop in the Humvee and they're like, we're going to get it. We get, let's get out of here. We'll go to Boulder and maybe there'll be some, maybe it hasn't gotten there yet. So they get going and then they realize, oh shit, the roads are all closed and they're all choked up with abandoned vehicles. So they hop on this little side dirt road and I guess that will somehow get them close to Boulder. Okay, excellent. Off they go. Uh, they get somehow fucked up and end up wrecking the, the Humvee and they pop out right where we started at that tract of abandoned buildings where the kids were making out to begin with. Okay, that's happenstance, I suppose. But out they go, and they're like, oh, okay, well, shit, maybe we can hold up here and then get moving again during the day. So they start kicking around these old abandoned buildings. Wouldn't you fucking know, wouldn't you know, they happen upon a uh, entrance to an underground top-secret laboratory. How do you like that shit? (laughs) If I hadn't already checked out of this fucking movie, I would have at this point. Because that is a pet peeve of mine. When uh, the survivors just happen upon, you know, the cure, and they just happen to know how to use it, because somebody thought they saw something on a TV show once, whilst the military, complete with all their resources and specialists and things like that, just let the whole thing get out of control. All right, go fuck yourself. So that's what happens. They get down, they get into the top secret lab. Wouldn't you know it, they run into Dr. Logan down there, who uh, made a break for it in the parking lot of the hospital. They're like, hey, we want to know what's going on here, you piece of shit. And uh, they hold him at gunpoint, they interrogate him. He's like, okay, 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 here's a Here's a, like a data diary thing where, you know, somebody's, some other doctor's video diary. And it basically shows this doctor turning into a zombie. Um, they're like, oh, shit. He's like, yeah, that's like the, the, the big bad zombie. He's really going to fuck us all up. So they, they know that this doctor zombie is still loose in this facility somewhere. So like, okay, we got to be extra careful. Uh, now, they get walking around down there. And Dr. Logan gets picked off uh, because the zombie is on the ceiling and he just kind of drops down and picks him off behind everybody. Nobody even notices. So then they turn around. And then the Dr. Zombie pops down. And they all unload their weapons on him. Right? As they should. And he just kind of does like this kind of... That that dance you do at weddings. You know? Uh, two steps to the left. Two steps to the right. Cha-cha. Now, he just kind of does one of those. And just, I guess, just doesn't get hit by any of the bullets. Which doesn't make a lot of sense. Because I don't you you would I mean the all these kids have fully automatic weapons and shotguns. One all right, all right, all right. I you've left me no choice but to sign off on this dumb shit. You understand that? That's where you've put me as the audience. I have to in- <laughs> motherfuckers. You motherfuckers. Okay. So now that's like the big boss battle right there is that they have to do that. Uh, so the other zombies are all piling down there because like the, uh, the doctor zombie gave like a zombie howl, 
which is, I guess they're communicating. So the rest of them come piling down there. Um, they kind of, the our survivors get away, which is great. And this is where things get even dumber. Now, this is a top secret research facility. At this point in the movie, Nick Cannon says, oh, there's a silo, a missile silo around here. And everybody goes, Buh? how do you know about a missile silo? He's like, oh, I paid attention in history class. Uh, yeah, they, they, places like this are all up all, it's probably just around this corner. And wouldn't you know, wouldn't you fucking know, there just happens to be a missile silo around the corner, exactly as Nick Cannon stated. Because he heard about it in history class. Apparently they gave blueprints to these fucking things in some history class somewhere. Oh, come on, man. And you have the nerve to call this movie Day of the Dead. You have the nerve to bring me to a movie theater, which I did not actually do. I did not actually see this in a movie theater. With the intention of selling me a Day of the Dead remake. And what do you give me? Nick Cannon, shit writing, and a bunch of things that I am forced to overlook (laughs) because I've already committed to this movie. Oh, God damn it. (coughs) All right. Well, there you have it. So, yeah, they go right around the corner. They find the missile silo. Unfortunately, Dr. Zombie has already thought of this and thus choked that tunnel with zombies also. And by the way, there's a great big sign on the door that says missile silo on it. There's that. Uh, He opens the door. Nick Cannon says, oh, it's right down here. And then he immediately gets tackled by zombies and eaten and good riddance to that fucking guy. And uh, from there, uh, boyfriend, girlfriend, Mina Savari have to haul ass back. Uh, They find themselves in this weird stock room where they find, let's be honest, they found oxygen tanks. They called them missile combustion units or missile propulsion units okay uh they're oxygen tanks i know what an oxygen tank looks like i'm not faulting the special effects department i'm faulting the writing department for this for not just changing it to oxygen tanks. it actually would have made more sense what they're about to do if they had just called them oxygen tanks now We've all seen Freddy versus Jason, right? And we all know that scene where Freddy starts launching the uh, oxygen tanks at Jason by knocking the regulators off off of them, turning them into missiles, right? Uh, the physics of that is sound. That is actually pretty accurate as to what would happen if you knocked a regulator off. What's not accurate is what we're about to see here. So, Mina Savari, her kid brother and his somewhat attractive girlfriend, uh, fasten all of these quote-unquote, missile propulsion units together. Propulsion. They even put propulsion in the title of these things. That's going to be something to discuss here in a minute. So, and then they rig up some kind of a flamethrower device. So, what they managed to do is lure all the zombies down this particularly narrow tunnel. Uh, The hot girlfriend knocks all of the uh, regulators off and then... Basically, uh, the little brother has like an igniter device that he's conceived, hits that, and then boosh, fills the whole tunnel with flame, basically eradicates at least 90% of the active zombies, at least in that area. So they then get in the Humvee and drive off for a happy ending somewhere, presumably in Boulder, or possibly even beautiful downtown Denver, Colorado. I don't know. That's the end of your fucking movie, my friends. Oh, God, it's bad. It's bad. I I don't think it would be as bad 
No, it would still be bad. It would still be pretty bad. But I wouldn't be nearly as insulted by it if they had just called it a zombie takeover or fucking contagion zombies or some other horse shit. But when you call it a Day of the Dead remake and pay that little respect to the original, you're killing me. You're killing me with this, man. (coughs) Excuse me. Uh, No doctors. Very little military. And, um, you know, no conflict between the scientists and the military. No underground... Well, I guess we did have somewhat of an underground base, but it was really just a hallway. Uh, God damn it, man. Come on. Come on! You could go to the original filming location today of Dawn of the Dead, or Day of the Dead. The the tunnels, they're in Pittsburgh. You could make a movie there, probably for next to nothing. You're not going to do that, though. You want to bring in Nick Cannon. You want to spend your money on Nick fucking Cannon instead? Is there a reason for that? Did he... uh, Clearly, he didn't audition for this. All right. This movie sucks. Don't fucking watch it. Please, please don't watch... Here's a good question for you, for those of you that have seen it. Which movie is worse? This one or the, uh, the recent Day of the Dead remake? Uh, what was that called? Bloodlines or something like that? Um, I think I'm going to say this one's worse. I'm going to I'm going to say this one is probably the worst of the two. That's my that's my opinion. The reason I say that uh, I didn't care for Bloodlines either, but at least that one had um, so it, it at least bore a similarity. Not much of one, but it bore a similarity to Day of the Dead. This had nothing to do with anything, really. Uh, (laughs) I don't know what to tell you. I'm sorry. Did did somebody out there like this movie? I would love to hear from you. I would love to hear somebody defend this piece of shit. Please get at me. Uh, uh, Mental Health Hotline, area code 775-3870-275. Or the Padded Room at Hotmail at 2... Or, what the fuck? I'm sorry. The Padded Room... 2011 at hotmail.com. Let me know. I'm going to take a break. I got I, I got to get like a palate cleanser after that. Oh, 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 oh,
Hey inmates, if you like what you hear, head over to the Padded Room Facebook group and support us through the patron link with a small monthly donation. Check out the T-Villain link at paddedroom.podbean.com and grab some t-shirts. Thanks for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. And I'm back. And it actually just occurred to me that there is a worse Day of the Dead movie than this one. Are you guys familiar at all with a little film called Day of the Dead 2 Contagion? (laughs) Oh no, let me give you the stats on Day of the Dead 2 Contagion. It is even worse. Day of the Dead 2 Contagium from 2005. Oh, this is terrible. This is the one with the aliens, I think. Uh, in 1968, at Ravenside Military Hospital in a military facility in Pennsylvania, the Army loses control of an experiment of a lethal bacterial, bacteriological weapon. <clears throat> uh, yeah, it's bad. This is even worse. And it has even less to do with the original Day of the Dead. I don't know. Sorry, that Bud Light Lime is coming back to haunt me. Uh, you would think that there would be some kind of like... Um, I know it's not plagiarism, but who get who? How did they? What? <laughs> Never mind. You know what? Never mind. I was going to bring to light things like artistic integrity, and I was going to talk about not ripping off somebody else's ideas and things like that. But just never fucking mind, because clearly none of that really matters. I mean, I could make a movie about a gorilla and call it Day of the Dead, and. apparently nobody can stop me so maybe i just fucking will maybe i'll just do it then yeah is that what you want all right god damn it i'm so i'm getting going off on a tangent now i'm sorry uh how about a little what are you looking at what are you looking at Yeah, so earlier in the show I mentioned that I'm kind of educating my son on horror movies. We recently went through the entire Friday the 13th franchise, and now we are going to start the Candyman franchise. Uh, So we started it with Candyman from 1992. That's as far as we got so far, because school has been weird with all the weird weather stuff, so it's been kind of touchy, but uh, watch that. That's a great show, man. That is a great show. And I wish that the franchise didn't tank as bad as it did. Because right after this one, it just went right into the shit, shitsville. I, real, I, I got high hopes for this new one, though. This new one looks pretty good. I'm excited for this. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> you know, I don't, I, that's, See, that's, another, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Because you had the original Mythos, which was built by Clive Barker, which didn't really have a whole lot to do with the movie. But... Um, it was, it was set, it was laid out in the, the, the original movie, you know, uh, Daniel Robitaille, son of a shoe, of a, a shoe baron, uh, you know, fell in love with a white woman, angry mob, uh, bees, hook, all that stuff. And then chased him where takes place in the Chicago area. Part two rolls around. All of a sudden he's in new Orleans. How does that make sense? 
Uh, see, that's what I mean, man. You, you should, there should be like some kind of a governing body as to... Uh, anyway, I'll, I'll probably get part two in next week and I'll point, point out all the inaccuracies <laughs> and other problems. I watched that and I watched a movie called A Night in the Woods from 2011. I uh, found this one, I believe, on Tubi. It's not too bad. Uh, it's not all that great either. It's uh, found footage. It's basically this... This American in Ireland um, going on a camping trip with his girlfriend. His girlfriend has invited her quote-unquote cousin, who we find out about halfway through the movie, is not in fact her cousin. It's her side boyfriend. And that is a bad move, my friends. (laughs) If you are on a camping trip with your significant other, don't invite your side piece. All right? Don't do that. Or invite the side piece and leave the other one behind. I don't know, man. You can't have them both unless you tell them up front what's going on and then you want to get your freak on and everybody signs off on it. Otherwise, there's going to be some fist fights and, I don't know, somebody's going to probably get thrown into a creek or something like that. You don't want that. And well, that, that, You can probably do the math on how this movie ends, right? A Night in the Woods from 2011. Found footage. It's, uh, it's pretty wacky. Uh, check it out if you want to. I don't care. It was. It wasn't. Yeah, you, know, you you've probably seen something very similar to this before. Uh, that's all I'm looking at, inmates. Uh, how about some immersion therapy, shall we? Immersion therapy. So I have a confession to make here. Um, it took me the entire movie to realize that Aram is just Maria spelled backwards. Yeah, yeah, I didn't, I didn't catch that. I'm sure everybody else caught it the first time she said it, but that didn't. I don't know why it didn't uh, sit in with me. But it took me the whole fucking movie. Uh, other than that, it's not a bad show. She's got like an evil twin, and it kind of, it's kind of like a DID situation, dissociative identity identity disorder. Um, I like it. The, the main chick was really hot. And again, we have this thing where we have a perfect 10 and we have to make her the ugly chick. So we knock her down to like a, a mid six, but then we have the best friend who's supposed to be a perfect 10, but she's, I mean, she's not unattractive, but we get her at like a seven. So that's kind of a weird thing they do. They did the same thing in that other one we watched, uh, with the fucking piano. Um, not a, not a bad show, other than that. Uh, do you think those were really her boobs in the shower? I feel like those were probably stunt boobs. Or the bath, I mean. And that masturbation scene, my friends. Hello. Hello there, young lady there on the side of the bathtub. Not a bad show. Uh, definitely worth checking out. This one was on Amazon Prime. Look away from 2018. Um, it's very similar to that piano movie. What the fuck was that piano movie we watched? Uh, I don't even remember. I've seen so many of these goddamn movies. I don't remember the title of it. It was a pretty good show, though. Uh, what is your immersion therapy for this week, you wonder? Well, I'll tell you what it is. Your immersion therapy for this week is going to be behind you. Two young sisters find that all the mirrors in their house are covered or hidden. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, stars Addie Miller, Elizabeth Berkner, and Philip Brody, directed by Andrew Mecham. Check this little this bad guy out over on uh, Hulu, and we will do the same and compare notes next week. Or at least I will, because I know I'll be here. Uh, and that's, uh, I guess that's about it. We do need to educate me. Educating Miss Monica. I think it was Cowboy that got me last week. Uh, My clues again. My child was abducted and murdered as part of some kind of a ritualistic black magic thing. I would like some kind of revenge using the same tactic. I will hire a bizarro wizard guy to teach me the ways in a dilapidated old mansion. Possibly for months at a time, in a weird, piss-myself kind of a way. I was uh, a dark song from 2016. That's not a bad show. Have you guys seen that? That's a pretty good show. Uh, The ending is a little... I don't know about the ending, man. Be honest with you. Especially when you get to see the thing. Ah, that was a little wacky. Who might I be this week, you ask? Well, here you go. I am a stuffy old... Well, not that old. I'm a stuffy English antique dealer whose motorcycle got backed into while I was getting gas at a pump, and now i got to get this hot redhead to take me to my next appointment, which is, by by the way, across the country. Uh, too bad uh, we had to stop at her sister's place, where we were almost immediately attacked by zombies. Good thing there's no parasites on the vegetables around here, but we do have living dead zombies attacking us and eating us, as if we were vegetables. Who might that be? Who might I be? <laughs> I'm fucking losing it. I'm sorry. I'm very tired. Who might I? Who might I be, inmates? Uh, think about it. I'll fill you in next week. And uh, yeah, there you have it. In the meantime, thank you very much for joining me. I apologize for the short show this week and for Day of the Dead because fuck that thing anyway. Uh, good news. Nobody has claimed February yet. Or I guess that's technically bad news, but it's good news for me because I'm going to make February best of 2020 month. I've got the movies lined up here. I know exactly what we're doing, sort of, or at least for next week. And, uh, yeah, so there you have it. I can't, dude, Tom Hardy took us through the ringer this last week. What do we, what do we do? We did goddamn Day of the Dead. We did Survival of the Dead. We did, uh, My Soul to Take and, uh, Ghosts of Mars. Arguably some of the worst horror movies ever made, right? I mean, those are bad. They're not even so bad they're good. They're just so bad that they piss you off. So we're going to start 2020, or at least February. We're, we're going to start the rest of 2020 off right, or 2021 off right, with um, the best of 2020. So I've got, I've got a list of my favorite movies from 2020. I will confer with Buddy and Monica and find out if they... Have any other opinions on the matter? But we're going to do next week, we're going to kick it right off with The Dark and the Wicked. Join me next week for that, inmates. You're going to love that one. It's a bad motherfucker. In the meantime, for Buddy in absentia, Miss Monica, also in absentia, uh, shitty superhero zombies, uh, Nick Cannon, god damn him, uh, <laughs> horror franchises that tanked after the first installment. 
horror franchises that tanked after the first installment and continued on for another nine installments. Uh, Boris Karloff, Funko Toys, and the Padded Room Podcast. I'm afraid visiting hours are over. Drug for the first time.